If you have your Bible, I'd like you to open with me to the Old Testament book of Exodus again. We'll be in Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to start reading in verse 1 in just a little bit. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1. And our focus today is going to be on verse 16. We'll be in the ninth commandment. We've been studying the Ten Commandments here the last several weeks. And uh, basically each week we're working our way command after command. We're on number nine, so next week will probably be it. Uh, But we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, and we'll just read all Ten Commandments starting in verse 1. Now, the command that we're going to look at today deals specifically with bearing false witness against somebody else. Bearing false witness against someone else. Now, the principle behind that command is much broader than the, uh, the single application that, uh, that it applies to as you read it. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. I, I know I just had you sit down. But if, if you would, stand in honor of God's word. <clears throat> we'll pick up in verse 1 and read through verse 17. It says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, or any likeness of what is in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them, or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me, and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not, will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Thank you. You may be seated. Now this command, I think I mentioned just a moment ago, the the command itself is very specific. It says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, now when it talks about bearing false witness, it's speaking specifically in the court of law. You think about somebody that goes up on the witness stand, and and it's saying, do not bear false witness against them. Do Do not lie about your neighbor. Do not tell something that is untrue about your neighbor. So what does, what does that show us? Well, it shows us that God desires justice in our justice system. There are many times that justice is, is foreign to our justice system. And people lie under oath all the time, don't they? I mean, this, this is a command that's broken frequently on, uh, well, just on a, on a daily basis. Now, the, the Bible is very clear that God demands and expects and desires justice. And so he will give commands, for instance, to the judges, and he says, don't take a bribe. Don't show favoritism to the rich because of their wealth. Don't show favoritism to the poor because of their poverty. Instead, render just justice. And that's an ideal of America, isn't it? When you look at the courthouse, what do you see? You see, uh, you look at the top, there's usually a statue. And there's a, a lady there holding the scales, the, the, the balances. There's justice. But what is she wearing? 
a blindfold, because justice should be blind. That is a biblical principle. God says justice should be rendered by the courts. But he also doesn't just concern himself with the judges. He also concerns, concerns himself with those who take the stand. And he says, when you take the stand, you tell the truth. Now, like I said, this is something that's broken on a regular basis. I know a guy that um, he was, he's not much older than me, and he was involved in insurance fraud. And he went to court, and he falsely testified. He was paid handsomely for it. But he got up there and gave false testimony. Now, I know this because God ended up getting a hold of him. And transformed his life, and he's a preacher now. But this is something that happens all the time. People bear false witness. They, they lie under oath. Now, why is this a concern to God? Well, it's a concern to God because if you bear false witness against your neighbor, and remember, neighbor is not just talking about the person who lives down the road from you. Your neighbor is whoever God puts in your path. And we see that in, in the New Testament, the, the, the parable Jesus told about the compassionate Samaritan. You remember a lawyer tried to test him and said, uh, who's my neighbor? And he was one to limit the, his neighbor to the person who looked like him, the person who worshipped like him, who had the same national origin as him. And so Jesus tells this story about the compassionate Samaritan. And at the end of it, he says, and who is that man's neighbor? And, and the point of that was that our neighbor is whoever it is that God puts in our path. And so, so when... when we bear false witness against our neighbor in court. Why is that a concern to God? It's a concern to God because the person that you bear false witness against suffers unjust loss. They suffer unjust loss. Now, I'm going to tell you that that, that is one application, but when you take that principle and you expand it out, this goes a lot broader than just testifying in court. One of the clearest ways that you can bear false witness against somebody and they suffer loss is through gossip. On a daily basis, people bear false witness through gossip. Now, I know that talking about gossip in a church is kind of kind of uh, walking where angels uh, fear to tread. But it's the it's the truth, isn't it? People bear false witness in the matter of gossip. Now, now their words. Their gossip, their bearing false witness can cause a financial loss. It can cause people to lose their jobs. It can cause people to lose their families, their relationships. But even if all those things don't happen, it, it causes a loss of reputation. How many times have you, have you experienced this where you've heard somebody, you've seen it happen, maybe it's happened to you, that gossip was shared and somebody lost a reputation? False accusations were made or, or whatever it was. And you say, well, Pastor... I know church people. Church people wouldn't do something like that. Listen, I know church people too. And the thing about church people is they won't call it gossip. Sometimes they'll church it up and call it a prayer request. Amen? Uh, now, now uh, I don't think any of you guys do this, but, it's, but maybe somebody you know, they'll call it a prayer request. And so what they'll do is they'll share the juiciest piece of gossip there is and say, but we need to pray for them. Bless their hearts. We need to pray for this person because, and then they'll, just, they'll talk for 20 minutes about, the, uh, about the, uh, the scandal that's going on. They don't have any intention of praying for that person. They just want to be the, the, the center of attention. They want to share the gossip. You say, well, pastor, I just don't think that happens. Well, tell me, have you ever heard or have you ever said something similar to this? Well, I probably shouldn't say this. 
but now let me just let me just stop if you start out the sentence or if somebody starts out the sentence i probably shouldn't say this but you just then say don't say it right if if you shouldn't say it then don't say it but you probably have said something like that haven't you or maybe you've heard somebody say something you'll never guess what i heard you'll never guess what i heard or i have it on good authority that or here's a, here's a favorite such and such would just die if they knew what i was getting ready to tell you well maybe you shouldn't be telling it if it's, if it would make them die Almost always, when those, those types of things start out a sentence, the rest of what follows is what? Gossip. And, 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 and it's no wonder that many times in the Bible, when you find the word gossip, a lot, a lot of times it's associated with slander. Those two things are, are siblings. They go together. For instance, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. It says, He who goes about as a slander reveals secrets. Therefore... Do not associate with the gossip. Now, what is a gossip? In the Old Testament, the word that's translated as gossip means to open one's mouth. And you think about that. Think about the person in, in, in your life, the person you've come across, that, that, you have, that you have heard that's a gossip. What's their mouth always doing? Right? It's always, their jaws are always flapping. They always have something to say. In the New Testament, the words that are rendered as, as, uh, as a gossip means whisperer. And what a picture that is. Hey, I got something to tell you. Come here. What? You won't say it out loud. If you have to look around to see who's around that's going to hear it, you probably shouldn't say it. A whisperer, a talebearer. And when, when, it, when it comes to slander, the, the, uh, the word in the Old Testament that talks about slander literally means someone who is a talebearer. And in the New Testament... The word means to speak evil of or to defame. What is gossip? It's when you go, usually behind somebody's back, sometimes it's when they're right there, but you whisper it. But you go behind somebody's back and you talk about them, and there's usually a moral judgment that's either expressed or expected to be expressed on them or their actions. You don't tell gossip to lift people up, do you? You tear them down with gossip. So bearing false witness against our neighbor, and again, remember that, that's anybody that God sends into our path. Bearing false witness against our neighbor is forbidden. It's forbidden in the court of law. It's forbidden in gossip. It's forbidden in slander. And when you expand this principle out, what's the principle behind all of it? The principle behind all of it is don't lie. Don't lie. You say, oh, but you don't know, you, you don't know all, my, all my slander is true. Well, sometimes it may be true, but it's not helpful to share. Sometimes it may be true, and you don't know the whole story. It's, the, the, the principle behind this is do not lie. It, it's, it's to tell the truth. It's to act with integrity. And so when you think about lying, what does the Bible say about lying? Well, the Bible says that, that as Christians, we follow a God who is truthful. The Bible says of Jesus, Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
Um, Titus chapter 1 verse 2 and Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 tell us that God cannot lie. In fact, if you lie, that dishonesty is devilish. Dishonesty is devilish. In John chapter 8 verse 44, Jesus is being with some Pharisees. He says, you are of your father the devil. And you, want to do what, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because the truth, uh, there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. What I'm saying is when you lie, when you're dishonest, when you gossip, when you slander, you're not doing God's work. Now that should be evident, manifestly evident, but it needs said. You say, but pastor, I, what you're saying is true. I recognize that, but I need a command. I need a command from Scripture that expressly says that we shouldn't lie. Because, you know, bearing false witness, that, okay, well, maybe you're stretching it. Well, how about the negative? Or how about the positive first? Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth with each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So there's the positive side. The positive command is speak truth. Be honest. Act with integrity. The negative side is in Colossians chapter 3 and um, and, and verse 9. Paul says, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. In other words, don't lie because that's what you did before you got saved. When you lie, you're acting like a non-believer, like like somebody that's not a Christian. So what are some applications of this of this command. How do we put this into practice? I'm going to give you some, what you might call, helpful hints. I'm going to give you some things that probably you already know, but sometimes we just need those things stirred up in our memory. Some, some rules of thumb, if you will. First, strive to be truthful. Now that's pretty straightforward. The command is don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie. Tell the truth. So what's the, what's the, what's the thing we should do? We should tell the truth. We should be honest. We should be truthful. In all that we do, we should act with integrity. Now, this is difficult to do sometimes, isn't it? I used to have a big problem with lying when I was little. I remember one of the worst whoopings I ever got. Because I lied. And then I lied again. And each time I was lying, I got a whooping. But I was too stupid to start telling the truth. And it's whooping after whooping after whooping. And finally, I don't know, I don't know if he got it beat out of me or not, but it, I got the message loud and clear. I need to start telling the truth. I'm not saying that I was abused, but you know what I'm talking about. Back when I was a kid, sometimes you get your your britches dusted. So tell the truth. Don't be don't be lying. And if if you're in the habit of lying, this is difficult to do, isn't it? It's, it's difficult to break that habit, but we need to be people of truth and people of integrity. Second, beware of the people that you associate with. Beware of the people you associate with. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19 tells us, don't associate with the gossiper. Now, again, I'm going to tell you some things that you already know, but mark them down. If somebody gossips to you, about someone else, they gossip about you to somebody else. You can put it down. If somebody gossips to you, they will gossip about you. So you need to pay attention to who it is that you're in around with. There, there are some people 
who think that, that they need to have the, the down low on everybody. And don't think that just because they seem to be real good friends with you, they'll not do that about you. If they do it to you, they'll do it about you. It's, it's kind of like the person who commits adultery, and then the, pe- the person they commit adultery with, they end up getting married. And then that person that originally committed adultery commits adultery again. And the person they committed adultery with the first time is amazed. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she did that. Really? That was literally the basis of your relationship. That is their character. And listen, the same thing is true of a gossip. If they're gossiping about you, that's their character. They'll do it to you. They'll do it about you. They'll do it to you. So you need to be aware of who you hang around with. To go along with that, if somebody tells you somebody else's secret, you're a fool to tell them yours. And how foolish we are sometimes. We think, oh, well, so-and-so, they, you know, they, they say, well, I should be telling you this. So-and-so told me not to tell anybody, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And then we go and we tell them the same thing, and then we're surprised whenever they tell somebody else. That's foolish. Third, there's an old saying that's not very spiritual sounding, but there's a lot of truth in it. If you don't have something nice to say, you finish it. Don't say nothing at all. Sometimes we get so mad at somebody, all we want to do is we want to tear them down. We want people to disrespect them and think less of them in the community, in church, in the family, wherever it is. And so we want to spread some gossip, spread some rumors, slander them. But if you don't have something nice to say, just keep your trap shut. Fourth, remember that, that this law is summed up in the saying, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what, that's what Paul says in, in the book of Romans. He says all the law is summed up in this one, in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not doing them wrong. And so take that into consideration and practice the golden rule. Before you speak, think, would I want somebody saying this type of thing about me? Treat others the way you want to be treated. And fifth, be especially careful about repeating untruths on social media. Oh, I'm, social media? What? You mean, you mean Christianity extends to Twitter and Facebook? Oh, yeah. How many times, I don't know how many times I've seen people act very unchristian-like in the things that they post, the things that they say online, because we feel comfortable behind a computer screen. We're keyboard warriors. We practice tongue fu. We'll tear people down. Listen, this applies to what you're saying online, too. How many times, you say, Pastor, I don't know that I've ever done that. How many times have you ever seen a picture come across your Facebook feed, for instance? And I have a picture of somebody, and under it will be a description of some terrible thing they've done. And then at the end, there's usually a, a, a thing that says, share and make them famous. You ever seen something like that? I've seen it lots of times. How many times have you hit share? You never, you never fact-checked it. You didn't do anything. I said, well, of course I shared it because my good friend, that's a good church person, they shared it. 
nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten usually, they didn't check it out. They said, well, that's a terrible thing. They were dog fighting. They were doing this or that. They were mean to their spouse. They were doing all this stuff. I'm going to make them famous. I'm the, they deserve everybody looking back down on them. You need to be careful what you... Mark Twain once said, a lie can be around the world before the truth is put on its shoes or something to that effect. That is especially true in our digital age when you can, when you can share an untruth, you can share misinformation with the click of a button. False witness. False accusations. People's lives and reputations and, and families get ruined every day by a violation of this command. I've read that Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. And there's a lot of of truth in that. Again, don't bear false witness against somebody. And if somebody is bearing false witness, if they're gossiping to you, they're not doing you a favor. They're not doing you a favor. All they're doing is passing trash from them to you. Can I tell you something that I've done before? It's real handy whenever it comes to the gossip. You might try it sometime. Somebody starts gossiping, you usually know when it's legitimate gossip and legitimate prayer requests, we'll say. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, such and such and such and such and such and such. You know what's real handy? You say, you know, if things are really that bad, we really need to pray for them. And since you know so much about, why don't you lead us? They get real uncomfortable. When you say, since you know about it, you pray for them. Now, if it's legitimate, if they have real concern, they're more than happy to. But when it's gossip they're doing, and all of a sudden they need to go to God on their behalf, they get real uncomfortable. If people are, are gossiping to you, they'll gossip about you. And and. If somebody begins to share an untruth, and you know that that is not right, stand up and tell the truth. I once had somebody, I was in a meeting, and somebody later, it was not a very big meeting, somebody later said, did you hear about such and such? In this meeting, X happened. And that was not the case. And I said... I don't know where you got your information from, but I was there and that didn't happen. And you said the record straight. You say, well, I don't want to do that. That would be uncomfortable. Well, if you're the person that's being lied about, wouldn't you want somebody to say, no, here's what really happened. Here's what really happened. And so maybe your application today is you need to repent of gossip. You need to repent of slander. You need to repent of bearing false witness. You need to repent of being dishonest and lying. Maybe you've gone out and you've shared some untruth. Maybe it's been on Facebook, Twitter, on the phone, email, text. And maybe one of the things you need to do is you need to contact those same people and say, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have said it. Here's what really happened. Maybe you've, maybe you've injured somebody. You've hurt somebody's reputation. They've suffered loss because of what you've done. Maybe on top of correcting things, maybe you need to go to that person and say, you know what, I'm sorry, will you please forgive me? 
Listen, we think, I saw a website this past week that said line is a good, or gossip is a good thing, especially in our quarantine because it brings us closer together. That's a bunch of nonsense. Gossip has been good now and never has been. Line is a big thing, but it's not an unforgivable thing. It comes from the heart. Gossip and slander and all these things, they're an issue of the heart. You don't, you're not a liar because you lie. You lie because you're a liar. You don't, you're not a thief because you steal. You steal because you're a thief. It comes from the inside out. And the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And the Bible says that if we'll turn from our sin, if we'll repent and trust Christ alone for salvation, we can have a new heart. He will take out that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. We can be forgiven, but only when we trust in Christ for salvation. Now, if you've never done that, I, I encourage you to do that today. Do you want to stand with me as musicians come? And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. God's command is to not bear false witness, and we've all done it. We've all told lies, untruths, half-truths. We've torn somebody down. We've lied about things. What is it that you need to to change. You need to go to your social media and delete some posts you've made. You need to go to somebody and say, you know what? What I told you didn't happen. Our Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would help each of us as we um, as we wrestle with these commands that are so easy to understand and yet so difficult to live out. Help us to be people of honesty, integrity, truthfulness, and the things that we do, the things that we say, our social media posts, our chat around the water cooler. And if that gossip comes to us, let it end with us. Let us not pass that trash on to somebody else. God, if there's somebody who's, who, who, who needs to turn from that, God, I pray that you would strengthen them and help them. If there's somebody that needs to uh, turn from their sin in general, they need to become a Christian, they need to get saved, I pray that you'd help them to do that today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all.